and welcome to Rate That Album, the podcast where two guys from the Midwest who um, feel they know better than actual music artists critique albums uh, on a weekly basis. Uh, with me, always, uh, Paul Muadib, and with me, as always, is the one, the only, Joe Fremming of the Joe Down. Joe, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. I am doing A-OK. That's fantastic. You don't got the Vietnamese telephone ministry blues? Nope, I do not. <laughs> we'll get into that. <laughs> we will get into that. As today's album is from a band called The Fiery Furnaces, we're going to be reviewing their fifth full-length album called The Bitter Tea, which came out in 2006. Joe, I have a lot, and I actually picked this album. I have a lot to say with it. But I want you to start first. Go ahead, Joe. <laughs> okay, I'm going to start this off <clears throat> with a tale. I'm going to make this comparison here. So bear in with me. So when I was in college, I knew a lot of people who went to college as art majors. Uh, the problem with being an art major is they didn't teach you the fundamentals of how to be an artist. Like, painting and all that is just basically do whatever you want. So I worked with this guy at a place called CD warehouse. And he was like, he told me he was an artistic photographer. I was like, okay. And he showed me one of his shots and I saw the idea he was going for. And it was like a nude woman. He just talked some poor woman to like, uh, put uh, fake blood on her and, a crown of roses and look like you know the female christ and i think he thought he was being super original uh i i didn't have the heart to tell him that's probably been done <laughs> <laughs> but i saw i saw like the what he was going for but the problem was the photos was just like straight shot uh, light bulb above her head. I think he's trying to go for the halo effect, but so light bulb above her head and a gray tarp behind her. And I said, "Are these your practice shots?" <laughs> and he got really mad. He oh, said, "No, shit. these are these are what I'm submitting for my whatever for class." And I I made the, <laughs> my second mistake was. You shot this like you're shooting a family portrait. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> he got even more mad at me. I say this because he had the ideas. He just didn't have the fundamental understanding of how to make it work. That is what I felt with this album, is that they have a lot of good ideas, but the fundamental uh, building blocks for a song, I think they just do not have the strongest grasp on. So while it sounds cool a lot of times, it really is just a woman with cornstarch dyed red in a straight shot <laughs> trying to be trying to be something it's not. That is so like for me, like they you, you hear song and it's being weird and cool, but I don't think they understand why they're doing it. And they don't understand the building process. Uh, so another, so when you think of songs that are albums and songs that are go deep into like surreal stuff, 
let's say the Beatles with like Revolver. Let's go to Tomorrow Never Knows or Never Whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's weird. It's loopy. It's experimental. But at, at its core, John Lennon knew the basic structures of a song. He knew how it worked. And then he was able to deconstruct it. These people just went in just deconstructing it without having the understanding of what they were deconstructing is how I read this album. Uh, you know, man, you're nicer than I am. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. I thought I was being a pretty, I threw that guy under the bus, but <laughs> he was no. a really shitty photographer. You no. didn't understand angles or anything. <laughs> you're, you're nicer than me. It's kind of like, uh, Oh fuck! I can't remember this this director's name. He makes really shitty straight to DVD um, movies, and he always goes with Dutch angles, and it just sucks. Like the whole movie's at a goddamn Dutch angle. If you guys don't know what a Dutch angle is, it's basically where the camera's kind of crooked. It's uh, if you watch a Batman '60s show, when they get into a fight, it goes automatically into Dutch angles. Yes, yes, and Dutch, ang- Dutch angles to me are like the Comic Sans. Yeah. Of movies a lot of times just don't just stop doing them just stop yeah. fucking doing unless them. unless you are martin scorsese or quentin mm-hmm. tarantino who have studied the art of film and understand what angles bring to the table don't do it right <laughs> exactly versus. you guys don't understand how a song works so you're going in at all dutch angles <laughs> and this is essentially the dutch angle album now I'm going to fully admit that there was a time where I listened to this album when it came out, and I was out of my tits when I was listening to this album at the time. And I really liked it. So when I picked this album, I like I remember the good stuff, but going back and listening to it, man, I even I, I, I got to be honest with you, a lot of it isn't even music. No, it's like I said, like when you deconstruct a song and then overlap it, you have to understand that there has to be a song underneath. That's why I use that Beatles comparison. Yep. Tomorrow never knows. You can if you take away all the the samples and loops and backward tape, there's still essentially a basic song underneath. Now I am gonna say that they envisioned this album as a quote loose companion piece to the album that came before it called Rehearsing My Choir. In a way, I think they would have been better off if they had just called this like the B-sides or rehearsals or whatever. Because you have an hour of 20 music and you maybe got three songs um, in here. People say they're going to put something as a companion piece to another album nobody's ever heard. My response is, oh, fuck you. Kind (laughs) of. Kind of. Fuck yourself. This is not a companion piece. Now, there is a lot of backmasking in this. And the backmasking isn't all that. Okay. Explain to people what backmasking is. Yeah. So, backmasking is when you take lyrics and you, you put it backwards. Pink Floyd did it, Prince has done it, The Beatles did it quite a bit. Um, a lot of but, bands. If you're doing psychedelic, Beck has done it. Butthole Surfers did it in Pepper. Yep. Uh, you know, like Beastie Boys have done it. Like it's, it's an it's an accent. It's, it's not supposed accent. to be the song. It's or, an accent to the song. Yeah, or it's like in the in, you know, or in the case of like you know, there there's a little bit of mystery to it. Like, what are they saying, right? Yeah. And 
Terrible the, pink at the <laughs> was it the funny farm? Yeah, 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 yeah. You've, congratulations, you found the the uh, the the hidden message. Send your answer, um, Kara Pink, at the old funny farm or something. Yeah. Very similar to that. Um, I used to memorize that, but I don't remember what it is verbatim anymore. Yeah, I think it's pretty much that. It was just like a joke on the, yeah, because that's back when people could play back albums backward and, and hear those messages. And that's the thing, right? Like you could play it backwards, and you know, you know, you you could. Now it's being done on a case of, in this play, in this, fucking seven of these songs have backmasking. And one of the songs is like almost entire back mass. And it's obnoxious. It doesn't come across as good. Um, I think like, so like I listened to this and I I think I messaged you and I said, they're trying too hard. You did. That's exactly what you said to me. They're trying too hard. And I don't know. I I don't know if they were trying too hard. The, the, You all right? Yeah. Then you got so mad you started coughing. I did. I got pissed. No, (laughs) you're um, like me with the Lindsay Buckingham. There's okay. Pick this one. (laughs) I know. I picked this one because I remember liking because there are. Let me me put it this way. There are. There is some good stuff here. Yeah. When it gets into when it gets into the songs, it's good. It's. I I told you when it gets into the songs, it soars. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, it's just buried beneath. A bunch of bullshit. <laughs> a lot of bullshit. A lot of bullshit. And it's an hour and 20 minutes of bullshit. Um, for what may be, I don't know, 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes of good stuff in there. Yeah, so that- you're waiting through an hour and a five minutes to get to the good stuff. Yeah, it's a lot of backmasking. It's a lot. Of, and, you know, they're not even saying anything prolific. It's just the lyrics that are in that song backwards. It's literally all it is. Yeah. You know, it, it's not anything um, mysterious or whatever, right? And, and here's the thing. It's released on CD. Yep. It came out. I don't know if they did a vinyl release. They sold it on the tour, what I'm reading on Wikipedia. The only way you can really hear is either you play it on a computer and play it in reverse, which I used to do back on my old Windows mm-hmm. 3.1 when I was like a, a kid, just because I like figuring that shit out. Yeah, me too. But, you know, it, not a lot of people have that time. So the only real way you could do that is with having a record player and an, a vinyl release of this and then destroying your vinyl as you move it in reverse. Exactly. Exactly. You're ruining your vinyl. I actually did that to um on a uh I had two copies of it, Prince's Purple Rain. I ruined one of them trying to listen to what it was backwards. Um in Purple Rain. But the point is is that it's not even and you know what? So I I learned about this album and I thought this was shitty. But at the same time you go, should I even have gotten in Rolling Stone. The only reason that I saw this review in a Rolling Stone magazine is they mentioned that at the time the um the 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 female vocalist Eleanor uh, Freidberger was dating the uh Alex um of um Franz Ferdinand. Of Franz Ferdinand. That is the only reason why this really was on my radar. 
And that's not a whoa, glowing. Whoa, whoa. This was on your radar, but you never heard of the Sparks album they did. They didn't transfer it. Right, 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 right. Exactly. No, I mean, and that's really what it was. It's like, oh, this is an experimental prog rock album by now my girlfriend of Alex so and so of the Franz Ferdinand. So I was like, I like Franz Ferdinand, so maybe I'm gonna like this. And again, I was really, 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 really out of my tits during the time frame of in 2006 when I was listening to this album. Um, and it was, um, uh, I, I remember, like I said, I remember Nevers. I remember the Benton Harbor Blues repraise. And that's about it. Like the last eight minutes of the album. I didn't remember some of it. And, uh, so there's good things. Like throughout the album, there is, there's not a lot of singing. I wouldn't call what she does singing. It's almost like spoken word through a lot of it. And that's yeah. a little obnoxious. The only kind of spoken word I personally like is either William Shatner or motherfucking uh, Henry Rollins, right? Like, unless you're kind of like Dutch Angles, unless you're William Shatner or Henry Rollins, you you really need to understand the art. Man, Dutch Angles are taking a beating in this room. Fuck Dutch Angles. Anyways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it, but oddly enough, there's this one melody. And, like, m my wife said to me, man, it, it all sounds the same. And I was like, yeah, but you know what? That's the that's the one thread that kind of ties all these songs together. And someone else could have done it like Roger Waters, like Pink Floyd, like, you know. Um, I mean, I bring to mind pros and cons of hitchhiking where there's that. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's this, it has this particular melody that goes through every single song. And it ties everything together. But it's telling a story. You're not telling a story here. So instead, we're just getting basically what would be. I mean, I'd rather listen to again Lou Reed's Metal Machine than this. And this, I, I compare it to that for a majority of the album. I don't know about you. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, at least with Lou Reed, I could Metal Machine music like I could get like somewhat into it like it you know uh, even if i just put it on while i was working mm -hmm. it would give me like some sort of like at least a calming effect which is weird to say about metal machine music it, no i get it though i know exactly it, what you're saying but this was like i listened to this while i was working and i just got discombobulated a lot of times because it's just it's so they're trying so hard and they're trying so hard to be weird and nothing really annoys me more when people try to be weird yep like, do you have a reason? Like, what's your mission statement with this? You know, like, it's a lot of things like, you know, this seems like a band that'd be like, this is a work of art. But what it, what are you saying with it? Like, all you know, a lot of art has a has like a point to it, even if it's abstract as fuck. And mm -hmm. that's kind of like when I go back to like, like that shitty photographer, you don't understand the fundamentals of what you're building. Your audience isn't going to react to it. Mm hmm. And this is kind of what happened here with me. I just like, since I don't know what they're going for, besides being weird for the sake of weird, which yep. I, it's, it's, uh, it really didn't do much for me. I, there's a lot of ideas in here. I think if they were focused on those, 
would have made it a stronger album, but it just felt like they're just throwing shit away. I completely agree with you on that. So let's talk about first what works. What uh, you know, we, we we haven't really gotten into why it doesn't work, and we'll get into that. I mean, we talked a little bit about the back masking, but there's a lot here. So first, I think it's easier if we talk about the things that we like. What did you like? When it was actually into a song, mm-hmm. like when she starts singing and there's verses and choruses and bridges. Yeah, teach me, <laughs> yeah, teach me, sweetheart. Yeah, teach yep. me, sweetheart. Uh, even parts of the Vietnamese telephone ministry, I think, had uh, an actual song in it buried somewhere. Buried somewhere in like a minute, minute and twenty. Yeah, and yes, many, like, like, we, like we said, you're taking an hour and a half or ten minutes of actual song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you really are. You really are. Um. Yeah, Never's the, the Never's reprise and the Benton Harbor Blues reprise, because that doesn't have the backmasking shit in it, so it's an actual song. And it's not seven minutes of Benton Harbor Blues. Instead, it's three minutes where the fucking song was. Yeah, it's... Uh, so, like, yeah. So, it's basically... What this album is, it's like a sound collage with parts of songs, like, thrown in the mix every now and then. Which is like a weird way to make an album. It's a very bizarre like, way. Again, they don't understand. Maybe they do, but like it, I certainly didn't get that. That I just don't think they understand the basics of a, a songwriting to deconstruct it to this kind of point. It just seemed like they're just farting around in the studio trying to make things that they thought was trippy. Which That's is fine, if whatever. But if you you really don't have the discipline for it, I mean, you're not. You don't have the discipline for the song, then you're not going to get a Piper at the Gates of Dawn. You're going to get this. <laughs> no, as a matter of fact, I am so confident that we aren't going to get a copyright strike that I'm actually going to put in a clip of the album right here um, for you guys to listen to because I know we're not going to copyright because it's just fucking noise. Okay, there we go. So, I mean, yeah, listen to that. I, now, again, you can't recognize what the fuck that is, and that's sprinkled not even sprinkled it's it's like it's the fucking pasta sauce in this entire album yeah yeah it's it's the driving force and when your driving force is nonsense uh, you're basically billy madison screaming gibberish at the dinner table (laughs) exactly what you're doing and that's i mean police sweater blood vow what are you saying um and that's actually one of the songs that is a song and i don't mind it um, but they even fuck that up with like the weird off timing vocals that isn't in time and it takes away from it. Um, again, there's a, there's two versions of this Benton Harbor blues, which comes at the very end of the album and it's really good, but my God, the seven minute version of it is almost like torture. Um, <laughs> and then you get the three minute one and you're like, oh man, this is really... Joe, it's almost like they put a shitty version of it next to it because they weren't even confident that the good version was good. And the sad, sad thing is, it was. Yeah. Uh, again, it, I, I just don't. They didn't have the discipline, and this kind of like goes to like a, a lot of music, indie rock at this time, mm-hmm. like that I w- I was really into. 
but now I've gone back and I'm just like, uh, a lot of it, like animal collective does a lot of that, like kind of weird shit. And like, I like them. And then I like, Oh, you listen to like album strawberry jam. It's just like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. Panda bear. Like I was going through my vinyl collection. I was like looking at that. I'm like, God, I own that on vinyl. Like fucking that album's not good. (laughs) Right. 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 No. And like I said, I recommended this one of the three because I remember enjoying it. And I don't know if it's just, you know, I'm old. I, I, mean, I don't know if it's because we're old, 40 now or what, but. I think fuck. it's now we're old enough to be comfortable enough to say, you know what? Sometimes bullshit is just bullshit and it's just not good. And like, it's not that we don't understand it. I think it's the fact that we do understand it that makes us more angry about I, it. I think you're right. I think, I think we, I, I think I'm uh, comfortable enough to say that fucking 15 years ago, I was naive enough to think that there was something poetic yeah. in this profound and, it's artsy it's artistic and but what what's the point of the art right yeah because I mean, now no go ahead cohesiveness to it it's just a bunch of random sound things and like again that's fine if you're just farting around in a studio but if you expect people to want to buy this or have re-listened value to it yeah yeah you got to hunker down and like work on it more. You got to work on your craft more. You can't just, you know, just fart out nonsense and expect people to see it as great art. It's just, it, that's not how it works. You got to understand the fundamentals. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I think artists that are maybe were influenced, like, like, you know, the prog rock that came before, even like Lou Reed, there's a lot of Bowie, I think, uh, influence in here. Yeah. The, and, and Bowie, Bowie's biggest flaw in my mind was how easy he made weird being. Yeah. Uh, how easy he made it look. But he, and, un- he understood how music worked. He understood he, the effectiveness of a catchy song. And, and he layered it. Like you listen to that Berlin trilogy, he layers it. <laughs> he really does. But also Bowie struggled too with some albums that people didn't, that didn't like, um, you know, uh, I mean, not a lot of people liked the, what was the folk album he did, like the folksy album with Andy Warhol and all that. I forget the name of the album. Um, well, he put that out after he did Let's Dance, I think. Which yeah, Let's I Dance is like a huge, huge, uh, like that revitalized his career. Like mm-hmm. that was like his second wave, and all of a sudden he was this pop phenomenon. And he's like, I don't want to be that. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do this folk album. <laughs> People are like, what? And then he did Soft Machine, which I love. Yep. Soft Machine's great. Um, no, and and, I mean, and that's the thing, is that he made being weird and genre switching look easy. Yeah. and But it wasn't even easy for him. No. <laughs> no, and that's what people mis- mistake. They go, man, boys on the radio. Man, everyone loves boy, 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 boy. <laughs> struggled for years and that's the thing is that you know i mean boy would talk about man i love going in and putting in the farts the blips and blah 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 putting it in there but he also understood that as you said the basic song structure what of what people what people expect of what a song should be and to be weird to try and deconstruct what song is. And I kind of feel like that that's where a lot of this stuff kind of is, 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 you know, what song, like, like what is music, man? 
we know what music is. Just stick to it. It's been the fucking staple for how many fucking years, right? And it goes back to those art students who don't understand the basics of why a painting of a piece of fruit is where you probably should start. You have to understand (laughs) certain dynamics of the field you're in before you can deconstruct it. So, like, Bowie could, by the time he does Ziggy Stardust, he knows how a pop song, he knows how to write one, he knows how to play it on guitar, and then he subverts it. Yes. 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 And I'm not saying these guys don't understand how to play their instrument or their craft. No, no, I just don't think they're as disciplined. Yeah, exactly. There wasn't a discipline in there. There wasn't, and, and you know, it's... One of the one of the reviews for it was too long and oddly diluted, and I think that is perfect. <laughs> oddly diluted is a wonderful way to describe this album. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I. I mean, fuck, man. That's where it was at. I. I don't know. I mean, I really hate a lot of what's on here. Yeah. Uh, I, and but and again, when it got to the actual songs and. There, again, there were some ideas on here. I'm like, this would be great if they could focus, but it also seems wildly unfocused, like like a spastic child sometimes. <laughs> it's just like, what? <laughs> you know, like, you're not really subverting my expectations when I'm just expecting you to be doing nothing. Well, and, and I'm expecting you to be doing this. Now you're not really subverting anything. You know, like after track one in my, thatched, my little thatched hut, I see where you're going with this. You're not going to subvert me anymore. No, exactly. Exactly. Switch it up. Switch it up on me. You want to be subversive. Don't let me get comfortable with any of what you're doing. And the thing is, is that you're getting me comfortable, but what you're making me comfortable with is garbage. Yeah. You're making me discombobulated comfortable, but like just a little, like, like, I really don't want to be listening to this anymore. <laughs> well, and the thing is, is that the, the the prevailing melody in it is catchy. It's catchy. And, um, you know, it's all throughout of it. It's all throughout throughout the song um, or throughout the album. And it's like, okay, it sounds like to me that you guys had this one melody and rather you couldn't really write a song around it because it's that's all it is. It's a it's it's a lick. It's a riff. That's all it is. And. You couldn't write a song around it, so instead you made a unusual. You made the unusual call to put together a weird psycho uh, neo psychedelic album around this particular riff. Basically, a sound collage around. Yeah, the- yeah, exactly. A sound collage around a, around a riff, and made a fucking seventy-two minute goddamn album out of it. <laughs> Well, I don't think I've heard you this angry about a review sometimes. <laughs> and I picked it. <laughs> yeah, you're getting awfully close to my Lindsey Buckingham breakdown. <laughs> I, I, I oh, and that's the other thing. This is the whitest fucking thing I've heard in a long time, too. Yeah, it was. It was like I'm just like white people. Yeah, that's <laughs> like a, I, white w- white hipsters, man. Like their parents never told them once you're not good at something like you just, you can just tell, you can just tell their parents are like, maybe you should aim a little lower. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and sometimes as a parent, you need to be, you need to be that parent and say, aim a little lower, sweetheart, aim a little lower. Case in point, Billy Corgan's mom allegedly told him he was a musical genius his whole life. Look what happened to him. He's on. Un- 
Wars now. <laughs> he's what? He's on InfoWars now. He's uh, a he... regular on InfoWars. No, he's not. Yeah, you, you should see his interview with what's a fucking like, nut on that show. Oh, let's talk about this offline because that saddens me to all belief. Yeah, I know. Corrigan lost his lost his marbles. It's... God damn it. Well, I know I know he bought in the wrestling. God damn it. Just, see, now we're getting discombobulated going all over. Alex Jones. Alex Jones. Yeah, he's on been on Alex Jones. I think he's gone on Rogan too. I'm not sure. Everybody's been on Rogan, so like he's he's just like crazy light. Why the fuck do we live in the worst time? All right, god damn it. <laughs> Joe back, back to better tea. Well, I mean, no, just guess what? That's what the bitter tea does to you. We, we just gave you another example of what bitter tea does to you. Just fucking, oh, by the way, we're going to go talk about Alex Jones for five minutes because it's obnoxious. <laughs> and then we're going to come back to something you're going to like, which is talking about the album. Yeah. Fuck, man. Yeah, it, goes, it just goes on so many side detours. And uh, yeah, it's just, again, there's like songs on here. Like when it got to the songs, I like. So it's like, I don't want to like completely punch down on this. And like I think there were some ideas that I think if these two were focused enough, could have actually made something out of. I agree. Kind of squandered it. I agree, and that's what makes it more frustrating for me. I completely agree with you. There is the basis here for something really good, and instead we got shit. Yeah, yeah. Instead, instead of getting a chocolate shake, some fucking prankster decided to YouTube himself shitting in the goddamn. Uh, <laughs> McDonald's shake machine and putting it in a yeah. goddamn cup and serving it to customers. That's what we got. Yep. Yep. So, Paul, would you recommend <laughs> this horseshit ice cream cone? No. Fuck no. <laughs> I, there's, there's three songs. I will say this. There's three songs you should have maybe on a playlist, and that's Teach Me, Sweetheart. That's the never. That's the Benton Harbor Blues, and that's the Nevers reprise. Yeah. Those three, three, three out of fifteen fucking songs should be on your playlist. Joe, would you recommend this album? God no, 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 no. no. I wouldn't even recommend this band, Paul. Like, no, it's just, it's unfocused. It's all over the place. It's not. It's. Trying too hard to be clever and just falls flat on its face. Like it's, uh, this is like, this is the musical version of like somebody who has like the fountainhead in their book collection. Like you're not going to impress me. In fact, I'm going to think less of you if I see it in your collection. Yeah. I owned this album at one point. Now I think less of you, Paul. Well, you may. I'm glad glad you can. I'm glad you can. No, I mean, again, there was a time where I was out of my tits enough where I thought this was prolific, this was profound, this was amazing. Um, and, I mean, give me the AV Club gave it a B, Joe. Tiny mix the AV Club gave it its own ass, man. <laughs> the Tiny Mixtapes gave it four stars. Pop Matters gave it fucking six out of, uh, uh, seven out of ten. Pitchfork Mia gave it a 7.6 out of ten. What the fuck were people? I mean, Blender gave it a three star. What were we on? What was going on in 2000? It was 2006 that bad of an, a year for music that this was like a four star fucking album? I guess. Like, I, there's a lot of bands I like around this time, and Fiery Furnace is just for 
one of them. I remember seeing their stuff when I worked at the Electric Fetus a little, like a year or so later, and I'm just like, uh, you know, somebody would throw it on because we'd have promos, and I'd just like, I'd throw it on, and I'd just be like, what is, all right, you know, like I'm just going to black out for the hour. This is <laughs> until it's my turn to pick an album. <laughs> yeah, it's blah. Yeah, uh, it's blah. All right. Your turn. It is your turn to pick an album. Speaking of picking an album and it being your turn, Joe, what are we doing next week? <laughs> All right. You know, you know, I've been up and down about what to pick next. And I just kind of want to go with an album. I just been looking for a reason to revisit. So we're going to go back to 1995, Paul. Uh, we're going to go to the uh, solo project of the former bass player of Weezer. We're going to listen to Return of the Rentals by The Rentals, Matt Sharp's uh, band outside of Weezer until he left after Pinkerton. Ooh, ooh, I'm excited. I'm not, I have not listened to this album. Um, yeah, I'm interested to get your take on it. Uh, I never really listened to The Rentals until like maybe like six years ago. And then it dawned on me that maybe... Rivers wasn't the full creative force behind those first two Weezer albums because it, it feels like as soon as this guy left, they kind of just nosedived. God, oh man, I have a lot to say about Weezer on that one. A lot to say about Weezer during that album. Well, I'll say it here because I don't want to say anything about Weezer because it's the rentals. I'll say it here. I had a buddy of mine that was a big Weezer fan. He actually went to a concert and wanted to hear songs off of um pinkerton and whatnot and the chant the crowd was kind of chanting for certain songs and you know that's that as an artist that gets kind of shitty but at the same time you know you can usually come territory (laughs) it comes with the territory you play that shit during an encore and rivers just flipped everyone off and only did half a set and didn't come back because he didn't like the way that the crowd was treating him chanting for certain songs and they were trying to promote a different album dude get over it get over yourself like like you know and my buddy i mean and my buddy was like i still love weezer and i'm like god you are just you, you're gut for abuse aren't you 